Welcome to Three Steps Back, what your financial advisor really does. My name is Elaine Milne, and I've been a financial advisor for over 25 years. Why have I called this podcast Three Steps Back? Because all too frequently, when people ask me what I do for a living, they take three steps back. Why? Sadly, I think the general perception of financial advisors can be a poor one. So I want to try to put things right, and I hope these episodes give you some enlightening information about what your financial advisor really does. Today, I'd like to talk about risk and reward. That's investment risk and reward. I think it's something that can be misunderstood and it can frighten people. Investment risk is everywhere, but I often believe that a better word for risk is volatility. And by volatility, what I mean is behaviour. It's the behaviour of someone's money. I think if someone understands how their money is going to behave when it's invested in a particular way, then they are much more comfortable with that investment. They will understand what's happening to the money in various times when we have economic shifts. And as a result, over the longer term, they can achieve better results because they won't panic about what's going on in the world. When we switch on the TV, you see a couple of things when it comes to money. One, you see interest rates. You think interest rates are terrible and they're not doing very well and you know I'm not going to get a lot for my money when the money is invested in the bank. But at the moment, at the time of this podcast around October 2023, interest rates, particularly in the UK, are higher than we've experienced in over 10 years. However, the key to interest rates is also inflation. Inflation is also running higher than we've experienced in a long, long time. The difference between the interest rate and the inflation is the real value of money. So if you achieve in the bank, for example, three or 4% of an interest rate in, current, in the current climate, you might think that's quite good. But if inflation is running at 7 or 8%, then in real terms, your money is going to make a loss. But this is what you see on TV, interest rates. The other thing you see on TV is stocks and shares, stocks and shares in the stock market. And that frightens people. So people say, I'm not going to invest money in stocks because I'm going to lose it all because it's far too risky. And that, when managed properly, that is just not the case. Again, when people need to understand where their money is being invested and how the money is going to behave. Let me explain. When we all went to the safari park as kids, we were told, let's look out for the big five. The big five species that everyone knows and loves and sees in the cartoons in the, the safari park. In investment terms, I like to refer to them as the big four. We have the big four in investment terms and lots and lots of things in between the big four in which to invest. Let me explain each of the big four. The first one is cash, as I alluded to a few minutes ago when I talked about interest rates. 
cash in the bank. Now, when we put cash in the bank, the behaviour of that money is that it's very smooth. It doesn't go up and down. There is no volatility, very little volatility in that money. So cash in the bank, we all know that. We can see it, feel it, touch it. We see it in our accounts. Everyone understands what cash is. That's the first of the big four. The next one is bonds. Now, a bond can be a loan, a loan to a company or a loan to the government. When the government or companies want to raise money, they do it by way of a bond. Let me explain. Company X could have a corporate bond fund and your money and my money is invested in that corporate bond fund. Now, let's say a well-known supermarket chain may wish to open another store in your hometown. It might cost them, let's say for argument's sake, £5 million. And they may not wish to borrow that money from the bank. They They may wish instead to borrow that money from company X. Now, company X could say to this well-known supermarket, we think you are a good risk. We think you're a strong company, so we will lend you this money because we feel sure that we will get that money back again. So, well-known supermarket chain, off they go and they open up their store. And then in five years later, five years time, which is the agreement they've had with company X, they give the £5 million back to company X because they finished with the loan. And on top of that loan is the interest rate, the return that they've agreed with company X at the time that the money was lent. So that interest rate might be higher than they may have got from the bank, but it may have suited their purposes better to get that money, to borrow that money from company X. Now, when that money comes back in, remember what I said, your money and my money is invested in the corporate bond fund of company X. So when the money comes back into company X with the return on it, you and me gain some of that return on our money. Now, because company X can tell how much money is going to come back in and when, the volatility, i.e. the behaviour of that money, is quite low. It doesn't spike up and down. You generally have an idea what you will receive over time. Now, bonds work, corporate bonds and government bonds work with supply and demand. So if the government and companies need to borrow lots of money, need to raise lots of money, then returns will be good. But when the demand is not so high, then returns might not be quite so good. So not everything will make money in every year, but generally corporate bonds, government bonds are quite low in volatility. Let's move on to the third of the big four, that being property. Now think of this in in terms of commercial property. Let's take company Y. Company Y may own, for example, a shopping centre in your hometown. So there's lots of units in that shopping centre. Company Y own the shopping centre. And they have an agreement with 
every company that rents the units in the shopping centre, they have a rental agreement. And they will generally say to these companies, these stores that you and I know, all these high, high street stores, they might say, look, this is what your rent is going to be. And your rent will be X, Y and Z for the next five years, after which we reserve the right to increase the rent. So again, in a similar way to bonds, company Y has an idea of the returns that they will receive from the rental incomes from the properties that they own. So you and me in this example are invested in company wise property fund. So property fund would be something we may invest our money in and our returns come from rental incomes from the buildings that company Y owns. Now, again, the volatility or the behaviour, i.e. the risk on that type of investment fund is quite low. But by the very nature of property, the everything is cyclical and the cycles of property are basically quite long cycles. But the volatility, as I say, is, is quite low. Let's go to the fourth of the big four, that being equities. Equities is stocks and shares. That's what scares people when they switch the TV on. They think they see the news and they say, oh, my goodness, the, you know, the, the share price of this particular company has crashed through the floor. So the perception is that stocks and shares are very risky and people want to stay away from them. And it's true. It's about sharing, um, buying a share in a company. And one company is very high risk because you're putting eggs in one basket in one company. So your return is dependent upon how well that company does or not, as the case may be. However, if you invest your money in lots of different companies, then the risk is spread around. So if one company doesn't do so well, then the other companies will pick that up, if, if you see what I mean. So the way to think about how to make money out of the big four. And as I say, the big four are only four types of investments. There are lots and lots of different things in between to invest in. You must diversify. Diversification is enormously, enormously important. The number of times that I have heard someone say, oh, Elaine, I'm not going to listen to what you've said because my friend in the pub has told me to invest in X, Y, and Z. And I say, that's really interesting. What is it that your friend does? My friend's a plumber. Okay, so I am now at the stage in my career where I say, okay, if your friend the plumber has a better knowledge of investments than I do, then that's fine, please go ahead. But that that's the sort of thing, again, hearsay that frightens people. And generally the plumber in the pub and please, no, dis no disrespect to plumbers whatsoever because they do a fantastic job, but they are generally not qualified financial advisors. Um, they would say invest in one particular thing and diversification is key to enable the spreading of the risk, which means that volatility will be reduced 
which means that you, the return on your money over the longer periods of time will be more sure and certain than it would be if you invest in one particular thing because your risk is higher. Now, when you diversify, the next thing to be aware of is to rebalance the funds. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. If you have a 100% of money that you want to invest. Now, it could be £5,000, £10,000, £100,000. It doesn't really matter. But you have 100% of money that you want to invest. Now, let's say in the examples that we've used that you want to invest 25% of your funds, your available funds to invest into cash, bonds, property and equities. So you want to put 25% into each of the big four. So fantastic. So we set up an investment and a year later, what's happened is equities have done very, very well, for example, and the other three have maybe not done quite so well. So you may have a situation where instead of four times 25%, all of a sudden you've got 70% in equities and you may have three times 10% in the other three of the big four, the cash, the bonds and the property. Now, what does that mean? Instead of having a nice balanced portfolio at the beginning of your investment journey, all of a sudden your risk has gone higher because you have more exposure with a higher amount of money to one particular asset, that being in this example, equities. So the thing to do would be to rebalance, to make sure that you consolidate the gains in equities into the other three assets and you start the journey again with four times 25%. Now, science has proven that investment returns will be higher over the longer period of time if you diversify and you rebalance rather than putting money in one particular asset and forgetting about it. So it works. It's true. There is risk everywhere. Sometimes people are still afraid. And again, I've heard the expression, Elaine, I'm going to put the money under the mattress. Let me tell you a story about a mattress. I heard a story once, a number of years ago now, where uh, an elderly lady who had lived with her son and his wife for many, many years, she decided to put her money under the mattress because she didn't understand investments and she didn't know what to do with it. So she stuffed the mattress full of money over the length of time, however many years she was doing it. She went out one day and then when she came home, her son said, I got a surprise for you, mum. He had got thinking he was done that he had done the right thing. He'd bought her a new mattress without telling her. He thought that old mattress needs to be changed, and he'd bought her a brand new mattress. So panic ensues, as I'm sure you can imagine. So the old mattress had been taken to the city dump, and the whole family uh, got in the car and off they went to try to retrieve the old mattress. So the moral of the story is there is risk everywhere, even when you put money under the mattress. So remember what I've explained about risk. Risk is a frightening word. 
I believe volatility is a better word. And that is all about how your money is going to behave when it's invested in a particular way. And that's the thing that gives people comfort when they want to invest their money. My job as an advisor, which I've done for many, many years, is to explain in the most simple terms these concepts and how money works. As my old boss used to say many years ago, if you can't explain it simply enough, then you don't understand it well enough. And that makes some sense to me. So if my client understands where their money's invested, how that particular investment is going to work, and consequently how their money is going to behave, then they're much more comfortable with the investment journey. And I'm available to them, of course, as their advisor to do that. We make changes when necessary. We adjust to circumstances, whether those circumstances are circumstances that are outside of our control, which might be circumstances out in the world, or whether it's a client's own personal circumstances, whether they may be in the throes of a marriage, a divorce, or unfortunately someone passes away. Sometimes things need altering and things need changing. And that's what your financial advisor is for. So I hope that explains in some kind of simple terms, um, their relationship of risk, reward, uh, money and volatility and money behaviour. And I hope that's been helpful. We will see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode. It should be noted that none of the content contained within these episodes constitutes financial advice of any kind. This podcast is separate and distinct to my role as Director of Milne Wealth Management, appointed representative of St James's Place. We'll see you next time. <laughs>